Okay, folks, we are going to make a start, a talk. Mark just said, oh, tell a funny story. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Um, so before I start my talk, um, there were a couple of things I just I felt really strongly when um, we were uh, worshipping. And I thought, well, if I say them now, then I won't forget them. Um, and one of those things is my, my iPad over here, which is plugged in because I, I arrived this morning with no juice. Um, but I just had a, a really strong picture of the importance of plugging into the source. And some of, some of you guys are feeling really like got no energy left, got no this, that and the other. And God just says, well, plug in. <laughs> Don't. You know, it's not passive. He's there, and we've got all the resources, um, but we actually need, it's, it's co-labor. We, we need to go to him, and we need to plug into what he's got for us. Um, so that was the first thing I sensed. And then the second thing I sensed was um, uh, when Debs was, was leading the blessing song. So this was before we were singing it over each other, which I thought was beautiful, and it made me cry a lot. Um, but was... When we started singing the favor, promises over ourselves and each other, such a massive um, sense of God's presence on that. But it was, it was an interesting one because this was, this was us joining in with what he's already doing. It's not our idea. Favor's not a, a human idea. You know, it, it's not something we could ever even dream up. It's his idea in the first place. So again, it's about plugging in and joining in with what's going on and just being really aware of, of what there is already that has been freely given for each and every one of us. So I just wanted to kind of start with those two things before they fall out of my brain, which happens a lot. Um, hello. You all right? Um, lovely to see you all. Lovely to see some faces I haven't seen for a while. Lovely to see some new faces out there. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Meg, so I'm the other half of senior pastors here. Mark and I have been here now for... Who said that? <laughs> it's a good start, isn't it? Um, about eight, uh, leading for about 18 months, and um, we are just stepping into our uh, second big series of the year, um, which is called Wellspring, and we're looking at um, the stories and encounters and moments there are in Scripture that talk about wells and springs and rivers, so, so really this image of water, which I thought was quite funny, given the fact that we got stuck this week. Um, <laughs> don't know whether anybody else did. We, we live on the other side of Bradford-on-Avon, and on Friday, we were supposed to be driving Matty to Bath, and then driving over to Froome, and then back, so simple. And we literally couldn't go anywhere. It took us two hours to get to Froome, because every time we got to any kind of water source, it completely flooded, and the roads were closed. And the amount of cars we saw either floating or just parked because they'd obviously driven through and then the engine had packed up. Uh, unbelievable, but just so much water. Um, 
And, you know, one of those interesting things when you're, when you're talking about wells and water source and, and all of that when, when we're looking at kind of Old Testament in particular is that we don't really get what wells were about because when we need water, generally speaking, unless there has been a summer drought for whatever reason, we just switch a tap on. And we've kind of got water whenever we need water, you know, and obviously that's not representative of the whole world. Um, and there are countries that are, you know, have massive problems with accessing water. But in the, in the Western world and here, we have water. We're, we're a wet country or a wet, damp climate. We don't get why wells are so significant. And in the Bible, and we're, we're kind of diving into a bit of Genesis today, the well image is the, literally the source of life, and without it, death. If you haven't got access to water, you cannot live. And all the way through the Bible, we talk about water and the Holy Spirit and Jesus being the water of life, the fountain of life, where, where we are sourced from. And it's that place that hopefully, kind of going through this teaching series, we can find those little hidden secrets in the Bible and do a little big digging around. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, you're so quiet. It's making me scared. Um, <laughs> so last term we did, we literally did a line-by-line -line, um, look at the vine. Um, and, a, and it, we did a lot of deep diving. This term, the challenge, is that what we're, what we're kind of bringing out in our themes is we're doing quite a wide um, study. So it's a wide teaching series. So can I ask that you commit to doing a little bit of groundwork in the background, you know, coming, I mean, some of you are amazing, and we start preaching, and they, your pens come out, and your, your notebooks come out, and you start kind of making notes, and I know that you go away and, and have a look at this stuff, or you do it in your life group, but actually, for this to be really, really helpful, and, and a sort of an opportunity to learn, going away and looking at these passages, and, you know, doing some sort of contextual work around there. Bible Project's brilliant for that, by the way. Free, online, it resources you for everything in there. Um, and there's lots of other Bible studies online that are available. But can I just ask that you kind of go into this year with a little bit of a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some digging. That, that, that wasn't like, it's not a guilt trip in any way. But, you know, one of the interesting things about wells is that wells don't appear. Springs appear, wells get dug, and you have tools for wells, and you have to dig really deep, and you have to get dirty, and you have to get your, you know, your trowel or your spade or your drill or whatever it is, and you have to dig, and it's, and it's that co-laboring with God and a commitment to kind of digging below the surface. Does that make sense? You're all still too quiet. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Right, so um, we are going to jump in for today's talk to the story of Hagar back in Genesis. So we're in the first book of the Bible. Um, I'm going to look at Genesis 21, but 
be jumping between Genesis 21 and Genesis 16 as I kind of do sort of Meg's version of the story. It's, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of reading, and it's, this is why I'm saying it's really helpful for if, you, if you do a little bit of reading in your own time. I'm going to read Genesis 21, verses 8 to 21, um, and I think up on the screen we'll bring up the last few verses on there, but not the whole lot because it's quite a chunky bit. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so this is, this is about uh, God, wells, springs, and encounters. So Genesis 21, verses 8 to 21. The child, who is Isaac, grew and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son, who is Ishmael, whom Agar and the Egyptian had borne to Abraham, was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave into a nation also, because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water of the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And while he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. Okay, so um, for those of you who are familiar with the story of Sarah and Abraham... Hagar is uh, a slave, or um, as we're a little bit more familiar with in these last few years, she became a handmaiden for Sarah. So Sarah could not bear a child, but God had promised Abraham and Sarah um, a child and to be the, the father, the parents of his people. And this child hadn't come about, and they were getting older. Sarah gets panicky and suggests to Abraham that if his slave um, and they uh, sleep together, then she can have, get pregnant and then have the baby. So hence, um, Hagar gets pregnant with Ishmael. And um, so this, this story kind of picks up in, in Genesis 27 after Ishmael's been born and grown up. Um, and things get tense at the point that um, Isaac, who is Sarah's son, Sarah and Abraham's son, the promised son, um, who comes along later on, and at the point that he is weaned, 
things get really tense in the Abraham and Sarah household. Okay, so you with me with that? Yes, fabulous. Um, and uh, I, I have to be really honest, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really much part of this talk. Um, you know, we, we have kind of key people in the Bible that um, draw our attention and people that we remember a lot of detail about. And then we have other people in the Bible who you have to go back and look and remind yourself because they, are, they seem such kind of passing bits of the story. Um, and I had to go, when Mark said, oh, can you, can you do the, the preach on Hagar? And I was like, well, I, yeah, I, I can remember who Hagar was. I don't really know anything about her. And I kind of looked in the Bible and then realized, actually, that's because there isn't very much written about Hagar. But she was an incredibly significant person in the Bible. And I, I, as I kind of started to read um, all of this, I was, I was quite sort of taken aback. Um, one of the things that uh, we struggle with, I think, a huge amount, and it's just humanness, is this thing about identity and who I am. And uh, I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm not as good as them. I'm, uh, I'm not important. I'm insignificant. Nobody even notices whether I'm in the room or not. Um, if only I could be a little bit more like such and such a person or have a better role or all these different things. And you know, we, we see in this story, and it's early on in Scripture, so it's really important to pay attention to this. We see that God is massively concerned for the little people, for the poor, for the oppressed, for those that don't have a voice, for the women, for the slaves. He... So... So one of my first things I bumped into when I went back to Genesis 16 is remembering that Hagar, who was an Egyptian slave, um, was the first person to have an experience with an angel. So that's really significant. And was the only person in the whole of scripture to give God a name, which was El Roy, which means um, the God who sees me. So she's this passing name that kind of you know, comes and goes, but actually incredibly significant. And for those of you who really love to get into scripture and do some proper digging, if you look at the full story of Hagar, you can see that it is a mirror or a precursor to the story of Exodus. You can follow it all the way through. So the moments that happen within that are then repeated in the story of Moses. So it's a really, really interesting parallel. I haven't got time to go into that, but there's something very significant about the way that God sees Hagar and what he's trying to communicate to his people about who he is. You see, our identity is all in who he is. I talked before about, you know, favor is God's idea, not our idea. But everything that we long for deep within, the things that we, are, we wrestle with, the stuff that we listen to you know, in our heads and that, that simply isn't true, all of those places and spaces in our own selves, in our hearts, are all fulfilled 
from the source of life, which is Jesus. So he loves us. He's faithful. He is true. He is kind. He notices and he sees you. He sees you. He sees me. He sees you on good days. He sees you on bad days. And he is um, everlasting God. Sometimes words often feel ridiculously small and and unhelpful. They get kind of get in the way. But he is so huge. And when we step into the you know the truth of who he is, we we that inheritance that we're standing in is extraordinary. And I felt it when we were singing those words out. You know, and how often do we live like that? How often are we, our day-to-day, the way that we relate to one another, the, our self-talk, how often is it reflecting what he says about us? And how often is it reflecting about what the world says about us? Um. So, I've gone off piece. Hang on, bear with. Um, so, Hagar, a slave. Hagar, who's been oppressed and manipulated by those that should be responsible for her living, has a purpose. And even though it's messy... God blesses her. And even though she's been cast aside, God still blesses. So when we're singing and our children and his children and his children and his children, I, I, I take a huge amount of hope from that for my family. Not all my family follow Jesus. So, you know, when you, when you have that inheritance, you also have that promise that your children will be blessed. And it's, it's not conditional blessing. It's the very fact that you're just standing in his presence. And I think, you, I think for those of you who, who struggle with disappointment and, you know, messy families and families that have, you know, people that you love who just not made great decisions, you can hold on to that promise that he promises to bless our children and our children and our children, etc. Um, God of Israel, from the very beginning, works through the complex mess of human history, through the lives of deeply flawed and broken people who never seem to get things right. Any of you like that? We're all like that. So again, I take great comfort in the fact that it's not about being perfect. It's not about being Disney. It's just about trusting that God knows how to work through our lives. And when he said he's going to do something, he'll do it. And we might have an idea and a plan of what that's going to look like. And sometimes, yeah, that, we get that right. But often it isn't like that. And it's messy. And it's top. It's flipped over and inside out and it's a different person to what what you thought it was going to be and some of those people that you think are faithful and incredible fall and some of those people that you think will never make it do amazingly we, we just people are people and God 
is still God in that. Um, we talk about wellness a huge amount in, um, in society at the moment, sort of well-being, wellness. Um, and I, you know, I, it's because it's got the word well in it, obviously. But I just, I just wonder whether wellness, we can think a little bit more about going to that well, going to the well where we get all of that stuff from that we need going to the source of where we need to go. Um, we live in a world of council culture, of labelling, of um, celebrityism, you know, put, putting people up on pedestals all the time. Um, we live in a culture where we... Um, treat things with more value than we do with people unfortunately we're kind of that sort of post if you've, if you've done kind of politics and, and sociology that kind of post capitalism where so much value goes on stuff but we lose the connection with people and we've we've grow up in culture and we don't realize the impact that culture has on us and actually the people of god we we, we should be different we should be a different type of people and God set it aside. And the story of Hagar shows that value um, to somebody who is so insignificant in that culture. Um, I, I was trying to think of ways that I can explain the story, like God's love story or, or God's, if you think of um, uh, God singing over us and the song from heaven. Um, I, teach, um, I, I teach singing, and I've been teaching singing for about 25 years. And one of the things that I often, well, w one of the main things I've noticed over the years is whether I'm singing with, uh, working with professionals or people who are picking up for the first time or whatever, is it's always the same set of issues that you have to work on. It doesn't matter. And one of the key things that you have to... Um, uh, explain to people when you're teaching them and you're doing vocal training is this notion of a passing note. So a passing note is a note that you don't pay very much attention to because it's, it, it isn't important. Okay, So it might be right in the middle of a, a melody um, and it might be a very short note and if you um, aren't careful as a singer and you miss that note you can sing the whole of the rest of the phrase completely off key or out of tune because that note is a really, really key note. Um, and often, even with incredible singers, you have to unpack something they've learned and say, the reason why this isn't working is you've, you're not listening to the passing note in there. And that note seems so utterly insignificant at the time, but actually, once you've heard the note and you've sung it, the rest of the phrase or kind of sinks in, in place properly. And once you know to notice things like that, then you don't miss those important notes anymore. Um, and I, Hagar to me is like a passing note in scripture. She is so significant and yet so passing. But if we miss those things that God's trying to teach us about who he is, and how he sees her and how he values her, then we, we miss um, 
so much of who he is. So some of the things that we don't necessarily get right when we're thinking about who God is and our identity. Um, so first of all, I think there's a lie that we believe that the only people to ever make any difference um, and and kind of follow Jesus properly are people who get things perfect and flawlessly right all the time. Okay, so can I just, can I just say right at the very beginning, that's an absolute nonsense. There's only one per- perfect human, and that is Jesus. We all get stuff wrong. So don't let that ever stop you from believing that God can't use you. Okay, we all, we just, we all muck up. Okay, and of course, it's not an excuse to, to be doing things deliberately, but actually, it's not about what we bring. It's about um, what God does through us. Another one is that God doesn't care. Okay, God cares so much for, for every person, people who know him, people who don't know him, people who've walked with him and walked away, people who um, go out of their way to um, uh, completely deny his existence. He cares, he cares, he cares, he cares, he loves um, another thing is that, that God doesn't see us, and he doesn't see us in our pain, and he doesn't see us in our suffering. He doesn't see us in our confusion. He doesn't see um, the responsibilities that we feel like we've been, that have been put on our shoulders. That's a lie. He sees all of it. Okay, so just a reminder, Hagar, who experienced it the first time when she, when um, God came via angel and promised um, that everything was going to be okay. She named him the God who sees me. And not just the God who sees, the God who sees me, Elroy. Um, that God doesn't hear us, that's another lie. Okay, well, I'm not going to bother praying because he never answers my prayers anyway. Yeah? That's not true. He does hear. He hears, he hears and he cares and he loves. And another one is that God abandons us. Yeah. Yeah, but Lord, I was faithfully promised, you know, I was following you. I was doing what you asked me to do. Um, and this all happened or this didn't happen. Okay, God never, ever abandons his children. He promises that he is with us that he will never leave us or forsake us. So there's a bunch of rubbish that you can just discard. Beginning of the year, 2024. Nonsense. Put it away. It's not true. Okay? So here's a number of truths. There are no such thing as an accident. Okay? So God's, one of God's names, we've had Elroy, but another name for God is Redeemer. He cannot help himself. He is the redeemer. When stuff gets broken, he fixes it. When stuff doesn't go to plan, he makes things kind of move in the way, incredible way he does. He redeems all situations. Um, Might not be in the way that you want. Might not be in the way that you would expect it, but he does. And those of us who've been around a while, and some of us who've been around even longer, have seen that when stuff seems to be utterly at kind of breaking point or despair, God intervenes. He intervened when Hagar was in the desert, no water, with a young son, had no resources, and, and thought, you know, I, I can't watch my son die. And he came and he spoke um, truth over her. 
Uh, The truth is, so, no accidents that you are loved, that God is utterly faithful to you, and that you can't judge God's faithfulness based on other people and the way that they've not been faithful to you. Okay, Jeremy talked earlier on about, you know, folk finding it difficult to accept Jesus because of the abuse that they've experienced themselves. You know, Jesus is good and holy and righteous and completely not of what we've experienced often in relationships with people around us. And I've put here, even passing notes are crucial in God's heavenly love song. So those little notes that just don't seem to be very important are part of that. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. So folks, God's, God's uh, beautiful message today is that you are loved, that you are valued, that you are seen that um, he's, got, he's got so much for you. More than you could ever ask or imagine. And we're invited to step into what he is already doing. And part of the well image and you know you'll as we go through there'll be lots of stories over this teaching series that you'll you'll recognize and some of them will be new as well but is that he he longs for you to come to him that we're not supposed to be dry and thirsty we weren't designed to be like that we are we're designed to be constantly refreshed, that there's nothing too big to ask for. And it's about having that open heart, open eyes, open ears, so that we we can receive. And the expectation that you could just sense this morning of people coming in, it's like, it's a new year, it's a new year. That he's got so much for you. So I'm going to pray. So Father God, we we just want to thank you so much that we have access to living water. And Lord, we're sorry for those times where we reduce you And we forget who you are, the author of our salvation, the creator of the universe. And Jesus, I pray that you would help each and every one of us to see with your eyes 
by the power of your spirit, Lord, that we can see the truth. That we would hear your voice afresh this year. And Lord, as we allow you to come and flood our lives with who you are, like that image of the gems that Kathy had, that we would be shining. Would you come, Holy Spirit, and just rest on our hearts right now? Thank you, Meg. Let's just, uh, just as we're seated, let's just going to welcome whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. And, and I'm going to invite some of you, if you would like, to stand where you are. If, if as you look ahead, at, you've, heard, you've heard Meg speak this morning, you've, and you look ahead to 2024 and you think, I know there are things that I that I have been constrained by, things that have held me back, things that have entangled me in the last year. But I want to stand in the fullness of what Jesus has for me this year. His refreshment, his life, his abundant life, his story. His song, his love song. If you want to stand in the fullness of that for this year, can I, can I invite you to stand where you are now? You know, and for some of us, the, the things that entangle us are complex. And for some of us, those things are a lifelong journey of untangling. But you know you can still experience the fullness of what he has for you, the abundance of that spring, that well of life right now. Folks, I'm going to keep on praying, but if you, if you have got children in the groups, if you, could, uh, if you could go and find them and then come back, uh, I expect we'll still be praying and worshipping. Um, but I just want to pray for you now in this. Holy Spirit, come and rest upon each one of us. And for some of you, you can you can feel the Holy Spirit moving in your in your body. If if this is a new thing for you, it might be that you're, you know, for me right now, it's it's like my knee, both knees have gone to jelly. <laughs> 
there's a sort of a weird trembling thing in my knees at the moment. For others of you, it might be might be in your sh it might be you might be resting on your shoulders. He hasn't got any favorites when he pours out his Holy Spirit. Because you are all his favorite. Um, I had this sense right from the beginning when we were worshiping at the beginning of, of um, God saying to each and every one of us, I have been calling your name since the beginning of time you can hear my name I can hear your name I call your name in the whispering of the trees in the babbling of the brook in this I whisper your name to me in the silences I shout and I roar your name over the rooftops and the mountains come follow me I can give you rest a safe place, I can give you hope. Just listen to me call your name and follow. Yeah, Lord, I just pray this over every single person in this church, that they can hear their name in your voice and that they respond to that call over their lives and that they follow you, Lord and feel the safety in your loving arms and your embrace. And just bless each and every person in this church today. And may they have a year full of your joy and your healing and your rest and your safety, Lord. Amen.